Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, you'll find that your spirit and your faith are connected. And Proverbs says that the strong spirit of a man in the Amplified, it'll, it'll help you to overcome even in times of bodily pain and, and weakness. But a weak or a broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? The reason so many things seem so huge and so impossible to people is not that it's so big, and it's not that it's big to God. It's because faith is so small. And the spirit is so weak. And when your spirit's weak and your faith is small or none at all, then it, everything just seems hopeless. It just seems like there's no point in trying. And that's just not true. Because with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. And all things are possible to him or her that believes. But that takes spiritual strength. It takes spiritual strength. It takes spiritual effort to fight the good fight of faith, to resist the enemy. And having done all to stand, keep standing. That takes real strength. And you won't get that from watching goofy TV programs. You won't get that strength from reading dumb novels You'll only get this strength that's able to, to build you up, like the book of Acts says, and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. It only comes from the anointed Word of God and the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. It only comes from God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that has come out of the mouth of God we are spirit beings, not just physical and not just mental and emotional. We're spirit beings. God is spirit. He's the father of spirits. And just like your body needs to be fed or it'll grow weak. It'll grow so weak you can't function if you never feed it. Well, your spirit has to be fed. And not just anything will feed you and build you up. The only thing that will feed your spirit is that which comes from the spirit manufacturer. <laughs> the father of spirits. What comes out of his mouth feeds my spirit. Hallelujah. We're, we're going to get into the word of God. You know, anytime you come to faith school, you're going to get plenty of scriptures. Is that right, class? Well, there's a reason for that. Why? Why do we start off the class saying, my spirit is going to get fed. 
Hallelujah. My faith is going to grow stronger. To, to what end? So that I can overcome any and everything that's trying to bring me down, hold me down, steal from me, destroy me, kill me. I got to overcome that. There is an enemy in this world. And if you just do nothing and lay down and quit, he will destroy you. But you can resist him successfully because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Greater is he who is in me than the one who is in the world. Father, we pray, go ahead and just repeat this after me. Father, feed me with your anointed words. Quicken me by your Holy Spirit and build me up in my inner man that I may be strong to overcome and strong to lay hold on every good thing. Thank you for it. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Well, it would have been worth you coming to class just for that right there. Go please in the scripture to the book of Hebrews, the third chapter, Hebrews 3. For some weeks now, we have been on the, um, the main topic series of overcoming unbelief. And what we're uh, shown in the word is that there are multiple examples of both faith and unbelief. And we need to learn both of these. Uh, so you might say, well, what do I need to learn about the unbelief? Or you need to know what not to do. <laughs> you need to know what unbelief looks like and what it sounds like and, and what it acts like so that you don't get caught up in it and don't even realize what you're doing. But if you're uh, forearmed enough with the Word of God and understanding when you st if you start to slip into some unbelief, you go, whoa, 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 no, -uh, uh, now that's what they did. I'm not going to do that. And you, you need to know two of the most important things to learn in life is what to resist and what to yield to, what to resist, what to receive. So uh, in Hebrews, the third chapter, verse seven, he said, wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. Provocation means to, uh, to argue with, to quarrel with, to provoke, we'd say. The Greek word has the idea of irritating somebody, <laughs> exasperating somebody. Um, they irritated God and they, they wore him. Uh, with their unbelief. God is long-suffering. But there comes a point where he, he, he knows you're not going to change. And that's, we're going to study. That's where some people got to. And we never want to get there to where we are. How many, how many do not want to irritate God? Would you say, I, I don't want to irritate. And you don't want to try his patience. Yes, his mercy endures his patience is amazing. It just goes on and on. And yet there's a point where he knows there's no, there is no point in just dealing with this forever because you're not going to change. Well, 
we're going to be teachable. We're going to be correctable. We're not going to be like those who were not. And that's what he's saying. Don't, don't harden your heart. Don't be uh, someone that will not be corrected. He said, verse 9, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation. That's what I meant by they, they wore on him. He was, they grieved him. Uh, and you know, that, that's no small thing to grieve God. Because <laughs> not just anything's going to affect him. And he said, they do always err in their heart. And they have not known my ways. That's one of the reasons we have faith school. We don't just want to know and believe that there's a God and that be the end of it. We want to know who he is. We want to learn his ways. His ways of doing things. And as the scripture says, all his ways are right. Won't you say that out loud? All his ways are right. Well, what if you thought one of his ways was not right? Then you're wrong. <laughs> if anybody's wrong, it's not him. All his ways are right. He said, verse 11, So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil or a bad heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So here unbelief is called evil. It's bad stuff. Uh, do you know that there is a heaven and there is a hell according to the word of God? There is life uh, or existence after this life and after death and not everybody goes to heaven. There is a hell. The Bible talks about it. A place of torment. And I've heard people say, well, uh, you know, how could a God who is love send human beings to a place, a, a hell, a place of torment? Well, it's not really him that's sending them. It's unbelief. The reason I say that is when you realize that unbelief is just about the worst thing that could ever happen to you. You might say, really? Yeah, because anything else, I don't care what it might be, if you could look to God and trust Him, He can fix it. Nothing's too hard for Him to fix, but if you harden your heart and you refuse to believe Him and you refuse to listen to Him, you can get in a place where God Himself can't help you. Wouldn't that be about the worst place possible? You might say, a place where God can't help you? Yeah, without violating his word. And he's not going to violate his word. Without forcing you to do something against your will. And he's not going to do that. So that's what he said. He said, take heed. Take, what does take heed mean? Take this seriously. Take this personally. So this doesn't happen to you. Lest there be in any of you. Now this is New Testament, so... Is he saying what happened to them? And he's talking about this is recorded in the Old Testament. This is that first generation that came out of Egypt, wandered through the wilderness and all that. Is he saying we're to learn things from that and not repeat it? He is saying 
Take heed, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Hallelujah. Go with me to 1 Corinthians, if you would. 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. And you'll see uh, another place in the New Testament that deals specifically with this. 1 Corinthians 10, 1. He said, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, were all baptized to Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat or food, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that uh, went with them, and that rock was Christ. What we're seeing here is that everything that happened to them portrayed reality in redemption, reality in Christ. You know, uh, there, there was more than once that they didn't have water out in their travel in the wilderness, and uh, uh, the Lord caused water to come out of the rock, which, you know, miraculously, and uh, satisfy the thirst of two or three million people and how, who knows how much livestock. It's a lot of water. And he says here by the Holy Spirit, that rock was Christ. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Well, you know, you really make a mistake if you ignore the Old Testament, if you don't pay attention to it, because it's the Word of God. And it is portraying things that were yet to come and that it helps us see and understand what we have today, what we're living in right now. And he goes on to say, but with many of them, uh, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, let's just stop right here. What does it take to please God? Can anybody remember from any <laughs> You know, around here, if you're not sure what the answer might be, try faith. <laughs> it is faith school, you know. So yeah, uh, Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it is impossible, not, not challenging. <laughs> it's what? Impossible. impossible to please him. Now, if you couldn't have faith, in any circumstance or specific situation, then God would be unjust in being displeased with you for not having it. As we've talked about before, faith is a choice. Say it out loud. Faith, faith. is a choice. Whether you believe or don't believe, that's a choice. Whether you trust or don't trust, that's a choice. Whether you obey or you don't obey, it's always a choice. You'll hear people say incorrectly. They'll say, I know I heard about all that, but I'm sorry, but I just can't believe that. I just can't believe that. That's never true. That's never so. You might say, well, they said they can't believe it. They can't believe it. No, by, right of what na by the nature of what faith is. It's not based on what you see or understand, it's believing. And to say you can't believe is just not accurate. You could believe if you would choose to. It's, it's simply a choice. 
Everybody said out loud again, faith is a choice. choice. And I choose to believe. believe. Now when I say that, I don't mean I choose to believe anybody and anything. I choose to believe God. You'd be very wrong to trust everybody blindly. Do not do that. (laughs) Don't you do that. When it comes to God, though, you can trust what He says 100%, 100% of the time. He's always right. He's never lied to you. He'll never fail you. Always you can trust Him. So uh, it just comes back to this. Will you? Will you choose to believe Him? There are millions on the planet right now that have heard some part of the gospel the good news about Jesus, that have heard that God is real, that have heard that He sent His Son Jesus and He died on the cross and and paid the price. They've heard that He was raised from the dead and He is the, 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 the Savior of the world. But many, many of them just simply chose not to believe it. They thought, well, you know, okay, I heard that, I know that, but you know, I'm, I just don't know if there really is all that's true, or if there really is a God. Well, you made a choice not to believe. You must say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm undecided. No, you're an unbeliever. You chose not to believe. If you don't believe, you're not a believer. And so that means if you died right now, you're not going to heaven. Now, people don't like it that plain. They, you know, to hear a lot of people talk, everybody that dies at every funeral, they're talking about, well, they're in a better place. Are they? <laughs> Are they? According to who? Do you, do you, did you read the scripture? There's another place. There's an awful place. A place of wailing and pain and, and fire and gnashing of teeth and An awful place of torment that wasn't originally made for human beings. It was made for Satan and his bunch. So if it wasn't made for human beings, why did God put them there? He didn't put them there. It's their choice. They chose not to believe him. They chose not to receive the greatest gift God has ever given anybody, his son. And if you don't want that, well, then there's only one other place for you to go with God's enemies. And don't blame God. It was your choice. And it's sad because you got a lot of folks sitting up in universities and professors and, and people with degrees and spouting, imagining how intelligent they are and mocking God and talking about the myths of creation and the myths of the virgin birth and and lumping the Bible in with uh, fictional writings and mythology and all this. Well, you can rent if you want to, but one of these days you're going to quit breathing, you're going to leave here, and you're going to find out that this was all true. And it'll be late. Friend, don't do that. Don't do that. Class, is anybody in here glad that you received Jesus as Lord of your life? Has it meant something to you personally? It's, it's not just assenting to a set of ideals. No, I was changed. These were changed. Every believer was changed on the inside from dead 
to alive. Hallelujah. Praise God from, from darkness to light, from death to life. And if you've never received him as your Lord and Savior, you're at the perfect place, at the perfect time right now. We're going to pray with you. Pray it out loud. Mean business with God. Say it out loud. Father God, I choose to believe in you. I choose to believe what you've said. That it is true. That it is right. That you sent your son Jesus to die for this sinful world. And that he took all of the judgment for all of the bad that all human beings have done. And he paid for it. Was judged in my place. But you raised him from the dead. And he is alive. Oh, he's alive. He's alive. King of kings. And Lord of lords. Soon to come again. Jesus. I receive you. I confess you. As my Lord. My Savior. My Redeemer. I choose to believe. Thank you. For saving me. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you did that from your heart, you know something amazing has happened. Something amazing is going on with you. Contact our ministry. Let us know. Let us celebrate with you. And you need to get in a good church family. And you need to begin to get fed because when you're born again, you're not fully grown. You're a baby. And babies need to be fed. Everybody needs to be fed. And, of course, we'll be here to help feed you, too. We'll, we'll supplement your diet. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 10. He said, verse uh, 6, Now these things were our examples. They're examples for us or to us. To the intent we should not lust or long after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be idolaters as were some of them. As it's written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day, three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Now, all of the, every one of these is a different instance of uh, God's people's first covenant people failing to trust Him and believe Him. And they went on to say, verse 10, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured. And were destroyed of the destroyer. Is murmuring a bad idea? It's worse than you think. We're going to be getting into that. Now all these things happen unto them for in samples or types or examples. And they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful. Oh, somebody say, God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it, to overcome, to come out. So we see that all that happened to them 
are examples to us. Well, if they're examples to us, should we just be completely ignorant of it and don't know and don't care what happened? Well, no, we have, st- we have begun going through one by one these instances. In fact, uh, by the time you get to Numbers 12, starting at Exodus, there are 10 specific episodes where God's people failed to believe him. And by the 10th time, God said, okay, you don't want to trust me. You can stay in the wilderness till you die. And that was never his perfect plan for them. That was never his perfect will. That's what we read in Hebrews 3. Uh, at the end of that chapter, it said they couldn't enter into the promised land, not because God changed his mind, but because of their unbelief. So we are on a mission at Faith School to identify and eliminate <laughs> unbelief. <Yes>. Huh? <laughs> Come on, help me. I say, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission. Faith class is on a mission. Is that right? Yes. To do what? What are we going to do? Identify. You need to know uh, who to shoot before you, before you shoot. <laughs> Identify the enemy and then what? Eliminate. Elimin- Identify the unbelief and eliminate the unbelief. And so we've already, if you, if you haven't been with us, we've already spent some time on the first one. Go back, if you would, to Exodus, the 14th chapter. Exodus chapter 14. After the, the signs and wonders that the Lord did in Egypt, uh, the, there were ten major miracles that they witnessed in Egypt. And once they came out, uh, the, the Egyptians, you know, sent them out, gave them money, everything they asked for. They said, uh, and a lot of people were saying, please get them out of here before we are all dead. Because uh, the hardness of Pharaoh's heart and the, and, and the judgments just kept coming. And so they came out, like the psalmist said, with silver and with gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Is that a type of what we have in Christ today? Or do they have more under the Old Testament than, than we had today? No, no. Is, is provision still available? In the new covenant. Is healing still available in the new covenant? Yes, yes, and yes. And so what happened is they, uh, they, they got towards the Red Sea. And then Pharaoh came. And they failed a test by doubting God. But then the Lord split the Red Sea anyway. And they came across, hallelujah, by a high hand. And Pharaoh and his army and chariots drowned in the midst of the sea. You talk about a deliverance. Now, this is number 11 major miracle they said. Should they be catching on that God can do things? And uh, when that happened, they all celebrated. And for a brief moment, they believed. Somebody say, hallelujah. For a moment, they believed. But before the chapter's over, there's more bad news. And our time's up today. (laughs) 
So you got to come back with us tomorrow because we just got it set up for this next chapter. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390. 